I'd like to introduce our guest speaker, Dr. Kinsora, an internationally renowned, locally trained psychiatrist who is a visionary in the field of psychiatric medicine. With her wide range of experience and her dedication to all aspects of her patient's physical and mental well-being, Dr. Kinsora takes a truly holistic approach to mental health and uses her expertise to identify every individual's unique medical needs. She has a deep interest in developmental disorders of infancy, autism, ADHD, trauma, OCD, transgender, eating disorders, and other common psychiatric conditions. She is also trained in performing transcranial magnetic stimulation for treatment resistant depression and believes the most effective treatment addresses both mind and body. She encourages her patients to develop healthy lifestyles by pursuing a variety of mindfulness and meditation techniques. Combining cutting-edge practices with proven traditional methods, Dr. Kinsora serves patients throughout Southeast Louisiana, and we are honored that she is here to join us today. Thank you, Dr. Kinsora, and welcome. Oh, you're muted, Dr. Kinsora. I'm sorry. Star six. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, great. I'm, uh, everybody can hear me, correct? Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you for that. So thank you so much, Dr. Brooks and Family Foundation, for giving me this opportunity during such tough times to volunteer uh, and talk about mental well-being and mental health. Um, I am a psychiatrist. I am double-boarded, um, actually triple-boarded. Um, I practice prenatal psychiatry, which is women's psychiatry for pregnant women or women uh, um, contemplating a pregnancy. I am also board-certified in child, adolescent, and infant psychiatry and also adult psychiatry. I did my training from University of Mississippi Medical Center for my uh, adult residency. And I continued my fellowship in New Orleans, and I'm currently working uh, at the Rural Health Clinic associated with Opelousas General Hospital. And I've been there since October of 2019. We see all kinds of patients at the clinic, and we take referrals from all the sources within the community, even from New Orleans. I have patients coming from all over to see us. Um, at the moment, we are taking all kinds of insurance as well. So if I will, at the end of the call, actually give out some referral sources for, uh, for making phone calls to the clinic if anybody's interested to come see me in person, as you discussed, and we will take that on from there. Um, getting on and getting started. So the pandemic about COVID-19. It's, um, it's hit us bad. It's hit, it's hit the entire world really bad, and uh, we are all a part of this, and we are all going through this together. So first and foremost, I want to say that we are all here for each other. The healthcare industry has been 
very strongly motivated in providing all sorts of care at all levels possible to each and every individual. So I want to let all my listeners who are here on this call um, to let them know that we are here for you and we are here for as an outreach via either teleconference, telemedicine, at the clinic eventually once the pandemic dies out. So I want to say that we are here to hold hands and you're not alone. So let's talk about how the pandemic affects us mentally and emotionally. Uh, we know the common symptoms of COVID-19 affecting the body uh, medically, but have we actually discovered and, in, and run into depth in dealing with how all of this is affecting everybody's mental status? The very fact that people are maintaining social distancing, which means you're not allowed to go to places that you would love to go. You are not, you have to stay home to be safe in order to keep everybody else safe around you, which means you're possibly working from home, schools are out, there are jobs that people have lost, which have in turn led to mood problems, which include depression. Uh, most recently, I've seen a lot of cases of depression and a very exponential rise of anxiety. The anxiety is coming from a lack of understanding about when everything is going to be over. A constant battle with fear about how to manage certain situations. How, how will I pick up these symptoms? What if I get it? What if somebody in my family is exposed? I'm going back to the family, and I have to do so many things outside, but I'm not able to. So there's a constant fear going around, and it's, it has been a fight to combat the anxiety. I've had patients calling me with insomnia, the lack of uh, being able to fall asleep, stay asleep, constant boredom with kids, not able to do a lot of stuff at home, although they are being homeschooled, but they're not allowed to go out and play. Playdates have been canceled, and a lot of things have impacted our mental health. Over the long run, when we look back, maybe six months down the road or a year down the road, when we look at how this anxiety and this depression that has been caused by this pandemic may actually even lead to certain problems such as trauma, and, and that's why trauma is one of my uh, areas of expertise where I talk a lot about how certain situations or events can actually impact the well, uh, mental well-being. All these situations that everybody is going through is pretty traumatic. Um, not everybody would emerge having a post-traumatic stress disorder or an acute stress disorder, but this trauma that has been hit badly to the world is going to be remembered in some form or the other. Many of us have lost patients to COVID-19. Families have lost their loved ones. And, of course, they're going to be dealing with a lot more than we are, which means they're dealing with grief. And because of the shortage of services around, um, it is really tough to outreach and actually go see someone during these tough times. So we're here to go ahead and discuss a little bit about depression, anxiety, the trajectory of trauma, and other stuff going on. 
Anxiety is one of the most common mental disorders in any primary care settings. Amongst anxiety, what ranks number one is generalized anxiety disorder. A generalized anxiety disorder is actually defined as a general feeling of unwell, a feeling of being antsy at all times, and a feeling of worrying. You may actually look back into your uh, own personalities or history of mental health and say, hey, am I a worry ward? Do I keep thinking about one thing after the other? Is it very catastrophic? Do I feel that the world's coming to an end? Some of us may have that feeling. When the pandemic actually started and we have numbers rising up, a lot of people called me and said, is this an apocalypse and is the world actually coming to an end? I mean, when is all of this going to actually end? And there's no answer to that. There's no right or wrong. So all we need to do is try to maintain our calm and keep it as low as possible. Now, usually with anxiety and depression, there are certain hormones and chemicals which are imbalanced in the body. And like I mentioned earlier, because of a lot of difference uh, in how we are dealing with life now versus what we were dealing with a few months ago, it's entirely different. Uh, Not having much to do around working from home, problems with economy, kids being away from school is impacting uh, day-to-day life on a regular basis which is impacting your mental health. A very common neurotransmitter called serotonin is uh, very important, plays a very important role in mediating and managing your mood and anxiety. Usually when serotonin falls low in your system, that's when you start experiencing gloomy days or blue days. So we need to make sure that we're screening all of this very carefully and how would we screen that? During a pandemic, it is extremely hard for us to go visit a primary care doctor or physician because we're asked to actually keep social distancing. So it's, we need to make sure that we are doing certain things which are self-checks. Self-checks are very important for us on a regular basis to see how to make things better. There are certain screening tools that I would like to share with you all, and you can actually download those screening tools online. The one that I commonly use in my practice is called the PHQ-9, and the PHQ-9 is available online for free as a PDF document, which basically documents, uh, which basically scores your mood, anxiety levels, depression, and... uh, There is another scale for anxiety called the BECS Anxiety Index, which also rates your anxiety. These are two common tools. If you do go to a physician's office or a primary care doctor, um, they should be screening you for this. I usually do this on a regular basis in my office. And um, you all can do this at home as well. So definitely use screening tools to see how you fall under the mood category or the anxiety category. And if you're unable to do it, that's totally fine. We don't have to actually screen ourselves as much, but it's always good to know that there are tools available. In addition to tools available, what we can do next is try to talk to people who you think are spreading a positive word around you. Um, It could be your family. I know it's very hard to go meet and have a discussion or a panel of people coming to your house or counseling sessions at this point, 
But it's always important to keep that social interaction going despite of the social distancing. Pick up the phone. Call somebody who you really uh, can count on. Make a buddy. Check in with each other on a regular basis. You can go ahead and have virtual discussions, parties, etc. And that will keep you going during the tough times. Next, let's talk a little bit about depression. A depression is a dip in your mood, which could be anywhere ranging from blue, feeling blue, down, gloomy, having difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, lack of appetite, or eating a lot, because now that we are all home and we are not able to go out and actually eat at restaurants and socialize, it could lead to actually the exact opposite, which is eating a lot. Gaining weight is another uh, symptom that a lot of my patients have been complaining about and have been feeling bad about it. Um, other symptoms include hopelessness with no light at the end of the tunnel about the pandemic ending, a constant feeling of emptiness, loneliness, and if at all, any of you listeners, callers, patients uh, are having thoughts of wanting to not be around, not wanting to wake up, wishes of dying, or any thoughts of wanting to hurt yourself, I'm against telling you all, please do not wait. Pick up the phone and call 911 if it's an emergency, or go to your nearest ER, and we have help available. Like I said, we are here for you all. These are some basic symptoms of depression. And let's talk about some basic symptoms of anxiety. Anxiety has a wide range of symptoms, as we discussed, anywhere ranging from a general sense of being unwell, which is feelings of anxiety and feeling being antsy on a regular basis, panic attacks, avoidance of talking to people, a fear of a panic attack, periods of heart pounding, nausea, dizziness, a tendency to predict the worst, a catastrophic thinking, avoiding situations and avoiding your own fear um, to come outside and actually uh, discuss it with somebody, excessive fear of being scrutinized or judged easily if you say something, being shy, getting easily embarrassed, and a panic situation on a regular basis, and insomnia. And insomnia actually overlaps with depression and anxiety. So anxiety, again, can be generalized anxiety disorder. It could be classified under post-traumatic stress disorder, which we are uh, possibly going to face or already facing since because of the pandemic or would be a trajectory for the future. We have obsessive-compulsive disorders, and I'm not going to dwell or dive deep into OCD at the moment, but... A lot of our patients who've had a diagnosis of OCD associated mainly with cleanliness and um, associated with germs, their symptoms have actually exacerbated. The very fact of the lack of supplies, the cleaning supplies, masks, gloves, etc., makes us want to clean more and more, which is good. But sometimes when these symptoms get overwhelming and you're constantly thinking about just cleaning every two hours and you are just occupying your mind with all that stress, that is one of the symptoms or one type of an obsessive compulsive disorder. In addition to anxiety and depression, we've also, I'm just going to talk a little bit about how substance abuse has 
actually gone higher. Because of the lack of a routine in your life and because of the lack of not having much to do, the sales and actual alcohol consumption has gone pretty high. Now, does that mean that everybody sitting at home is spending time socializing and drinking? We don't know that. But yes, it is quite a possibility that the, the drug use and substance abuse could be an issue over the long run once the pandemic is over. So there's it, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, OCD, panic, is, they're all connected and interconnected with each other during such tough times. In addition to all of this, I want to actually, I wish I could actually speak to you all a lot more about how we, how the physiological underlying um, patterns of depression and anxiety affect your medical conditions. So there is a lot of patients that are dealing with comorbid medical conditions, and comorbid basically means a hand-in-hand. You are dealing with probably high blood pressure, diabetes, asthma, uh, other medical conditions, which further get exacerbated if you are dealing with anxiety or depression. Or if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, you may be in a panic mode at all times, which could put you into mode of an adrenaline rush, which would cause high blood pressure. So they're going hand in hand. How do we deal with all of this together? The most important key factor is, number one, I'd say, believe yourself. Believe in yourself, follow the rules, follow the guidelines. Let's try to actually maintain that social distancing to cut down this pandemic together. Since we are in this together, we have to fight this together. So in order for us to fight this together, we need to keep those rules in our mind and make sure that we are safe and keeping not only ourselves and our family safe, but even the community very safe. In that situation, we need to make sure that our mental health condition is balanced. What you can do on your own, even if you are just with your family, take a walk by your, just, you know, just be careful. Obviously, you want to maintain the six-feet distance. Don't go around people a lot. But even just stepping out for some fresh air for two minutes is going to give you that mental stability. Practicing some kind of meditation at home, breathing exercises for even 10 minutes a day is, go- is, is really, really helpful. Meditation has actually helped change brain chemistry and brain chemicals. And meditation along with some therapy, self-therapy and self-reassurance has proven to be one of the modalities for treatment for med- um, depression and anxiety. So... What kind of meditation can we practice at home? Now, everybody is not, need not be completely highly trained to practice any very complex form of meditation. Meditation can range anywhere between just being there by yourself, being aware of your surroundings, counting, breathing, chanting, anything that works best for you. There are certain apps that you could download over the phone. One of them, uh, two of them which are absolutely free are, one is Insight Timer, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, and the word timer, which I really recommend all my patients to get on because they have a lot of free meditation music, 
a lot of guided meditation where um, certified meditation trainers are guiding you into starting how to meditate. Starting with four minutes a day and adding a week, uh, a minute per week can get you to actually 10 minutes very easily. And it's, it keeps you calm. You can breathe through it, and it is very beneficial for your mind, body, and your spiritual well-being. The other app is Headspace, which is also a good app and can be downloaded on the phone. The other form of therapy that can be practiced over video conference with a counselor, which I'm sure a lot of uh, counselors and a lot of mental health providers, uh, doctors and psychiatrists like me are offering mental health services in our clinic via telemedicine, is called CBT. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. And cognitive behavioral therapy basically is, it helps in focusing and challenging and changing unhelpful cognitive distortions, thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes. So, So if you have a negative perspective and a negative attitude, it improves emotional regulation by building a more accurate thinking pattern and development of a personal uh, coping strategies, mechanisms for solving the current problems. So basically, CBT focuses on now, here and now, what we're dealing with at the moment, how our thoughts influence our actions and project into our emotions, how we need to change that triad into something more positive if what happens in CBT. Uh, we do have counselors um, that I can give referrals out to who do uh, CBT online, and um, our clinic offers some, I do offer some of the services as well face-to-face at the clinic, and I'll be happy to evaluate and see you for that. Um, but in the meanwhile, since we're dealing with this pandemic, of course, we have to do a lot of things online, and um, practitioners like me will be very helpful. I will be very happy to help with that. Meditation reduces physiological triggers in the brain and body, like we talked about. It decreases adrenaline activity. So all that fear, anxiety, and depression that we're talking about is still going to be around. But how to control that increasing heart rate, how to control that panic, some of it is in your hands. Certain situations that we're dealing with right now are out of control, of course. We don't know when this is going to end. We don't know how this is ending. We don't know what the trajectory is going to be, but we are hopeful that things will work out for the best. What's in our control is our, is our mental health and medical health. And that's what we need to do is keep a balance of it. Meditation not only improves the neurotransmitters and the chemicals we talked about, but also increases the flow of the happy hormones called endorphins. So when endorphins flow through your body, that's automatically telling your body, giving your brain a signal saying, this is going to get better. I'm feeling a little happier. It helps improve your overall health and enhances good sleep. It controls better emotional regulation. And meditation is a free tool. It's available at your fingertips on your phone. It can be available to do by yourself if you already know how to do it. It's a 5,000-year-old method where healing has been done over and over again for free from within the body without the help of any medications. So I'm going to basically, what I'm going to do today here is if you all are listening and we're still here, we're going to do a small little breathing exercise. 
I'm going to have you all sit wherever you are, just in a very comfortable position. It could be on your bed, on your couch, if you're listening at work, it could be on your chair. You could even be laying down, totally fine. Let's just start by sitting in a very comfortable position and closing your eyes. On the count of three, we're going to start breathing. Take a deep breath inside. Inhale. One, two, three. Inhale. Hold it right there for just a split, half a second, one second, and exhale. We're going to repeat this exercise. This is a very simple breathing exercise, which is one form of meditation actually can help you go a long way for five breaths. This will take you approximately around two minutes to perform with your eyes closed. And very slowly with these five breaths, you're going to notice how much your body is already relaxing at this moment. So let's do the second breath. One, two, three. Inhale and exhale. Make sure you see and note your abdominal muscles kind of going in and out. And that's very important for your breathing technique because your anxiety neurotransmitters are coming right from your gut. There's a direct gut-brain axis when you feel anxious, your stomach, you probably think you're, you probably have noticed your stomach's acting up a little bit. That's because there's direct correlation on how your body regulates your gut and the gut sends signals to the brain. So while you're doing those five breaths, just notice your abdominal muscles going in and out and progressively relaxing with each breath. Breath number three. One, two, three. Inhale. And exhale. And we'll do two more. One, two, three. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. Breath number four, five. One, two, three. Inhale. And exhale. Slowly notice your body relaxing. An addition or an extension of this meditation can also include a progressive muscle relaxation. Starting all the way from your toes, move slowly up your body, giving direction to your toes, your heels, your calves, your knees, your thighs, your back, lower back, mid-back, upper back your head muscles, and slowly relaxing your hands, your arms, until you're actually in a posture where you're actually falling asleep. If you all can practice this on a regular 10 minutes every day, some people would prefer to do it twice a day, but I would say for beginners, let's start with four to five minutes a day, progressing it to 10 minutes a day, and you'll notice a difference in less than 30 days. That's what the meditation gurus talk about is less than 30 days of 10 minutes of regular daily meditation can help 
reconnect and rewire your brain. In addition to meditation, what I usually encourage people to practice is the music therapy. 90% of the world actually loves music, and a recent article suggested that exposing yourself to 13 minutes of any kind of music of your choice and eight minutes of actively listening to that music can change brain chemistry as well. And when we talk about brain chemistry, we're actually talking about the serotonin and norepinephrine molecules and the chemicals that we talked about response for depression and anxiety. So we do offer, I do offer certain workshops in my office uh, with breathing techniques, how to learn CBT, screening methods, and tools. I'm going to summarize today's talk by saying that we are in this together. Everybody is dealing with the same fear as you are, so nobody is alone. We discussed in depth about screening tools, talking to your doctor about your mood symptoms, your depression, your anxiety, your feelings of fear, possibly trying to have a screen done if, if it is possible. Either your primary care doctor can do that or you can do that online. Coming and asking for help, talking to somebody, making, finding a buddy or a family member, and being connected to people, although with social distancing and maintaining the rules, please stay connected. And of course, if there is an emergency, please do not hesitate to call 911 or reach the nearest ER. We also discussed some exercises and breathing techniques. We discussed common symptoms of depression and anxiety. If your body and mind is at peace and your spiritual well-being is in sync with your mental well-being and your medical well-being, you're going to be a healthy soul. Thank you so much.